okay, it's time to get you right. It's the legal lens with Angela Redock Wright. KBLA Talk, 1580. Every Saturday, 11 a.m., baby. Bringing light to law. Hit it, educate, engage, and empower you all. Leading attorneys, policy makers. No fake in history in the making. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens. It's time for the legal lens. Go, 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 go. Hello, hello, KBLA Talk 1580 listeners. This is the third weekend of August 2022, and you are listening to The Legal Lens Show with Angela Redock Wright, and this is Angela Redock Wright, yours truly. And on our show each weekend, we bring law to light each Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and Sunday at 1 p.m. we have the replay. Somebody said the replay. We are broadcasting to you live from Lamert Park, USA, which is a part of the famous Crenshaw District of Los Angeles, and yes, Destination Crenshaw is coming soon. And next weekend, right here in Lamarck Park, we have the world-famous Lamarck Park Jazz Festival, and you don't want to miss it. Our KBLA Talk 1580 team will be a part of that jazz festival, and you can come out and meet um, Tavis Smiley, our owner, and so many of the other talents associated with the radio station. And we'd like to give a shout out to attorney, since this is a legal show and a policy show, attorney Diane Robertson, who is the executive producer of the Lamert Park Jazz Festival. We are looking forward to being a part of that. You can listen to us wherever you are. Um, We appreciate that you're tuned in and we're hoping that you'll stay tuned in. And you can listen to us throughout today's show, throughout all of the other shows on KBLA Talk 1580, wherever you are by downloading the KBLA Talk 1580 app. And you can follow us throughout the week on all of our socials. So please do so and please spread the word and call a friend now. Call a family member now. Call a neighbor now because we have a great show planned for you today. We are talking about the separation of church and state and the role of the black church in social justice, legal and policy issues of the day. And joining us in this discussion, we have two prolific and renowned pastors who I count as friends and so happy to have them here in studio, bright eyed, bushy tailed, ready to go excited about our topic and that is none other than pastor dr frederick d haynes also known as freddie haynes the third the pastor of friendship west baptist church of dallas texas good morning pastor haynes how are you doing i'm wonderful how you doing angela we're glad to be here and honored that you would even let me come by of course of course and i mentioned to our next guest who i'll say hello to in just a second when i saw that you would be preaching at his church um tomorrow 
and he announced it a couple of weeks ago, I immediately called him and said, you all have got to come on the radio station. So I am so happy that you're able to find a little time in your schedule and enjoying Los Angeles a little bit before oh, yeah. preaching uh, to stop by our studios and share a topic that is near and dear to your heart. It's a part of your DNA. When I was reading your bio, I'm like, oh, this is everything he is. He's all about social justice and ministry. So, so excited to have you here to talk about that. Well, yeah, I'm honored to be here. I thank you for all that you do for the community and to be here in Lamar Park uh, in this station uh, owned by the incomparable Tavis Smiley. It's just it's I mean, heaven must be like this. You know, I agree with you. I hit I kind of think about that every time I have a chance to go on air. So thank you for saying that. And joining us, we have uh, my very good friend. We grew up together. um, Pastor Welton Pleasant, the second of the pastor of Christ Second Baptist Church of Long Beach. Long Beach is in the house, y'all. Dallas, Texas in Long Beach. Woo, um, we're, we're covering some geography today. He's also the president of the California State Baptist Convention, of which I grew up in, and Pastor Haynes yeah. was a part of um, in his youth and young adult years. Uh, he's still a young adult. Thank he you. said, Thank I've been you. aging him all morning. <laughs> in his earlier young adult years, we all grew up in the California State Baptist Convention. And quite frankly, that's where we learned a lot of our leadership skills because we were able, thanks to the vision of um, Dr. Evie Hill, who has passed on, who had a vision to involve youth and young adults in church ministry. This was like, we're not 40, 50 years old that we don't go back that far but his vision I believe was at least 40 years ago and so he was definitely a man before his times in many ways so welcoming our current president of the California State Baptist Convention Pastor Welton Pleasant II how are you today? I'm great thank you Angela Uh, it's exciting to be here with you and definitely excited to be here with my mentor Dr. Freddie Haynes Uh, and I'm so excited about the work that you're doing in our community every time I turn on TV you own the TV. Oh my goodness. And I pause and stop everything I'm doing to watch you. So I appreciate the work that you're doing in our community. Uh, and I think this shows its significance because it deals with policy issues. And we know nothing changes without a policy changes and so we appreciate you and the work that you're doing in the legal how you represent us as a people thank you so much your check is in the mail okay (laughs) so we're gonna (laughs) i'm gonna uh introduce these two gentlemen more specifically um when we come forward but just want to set the the framework for our conversation today we all know that the black church has a history of being involved and at the forefront of social issues justice issues in that in large part being a part of social justice issues is a part of our DNA dating back to the civil rights movement and even before then Um, but where does the church stand on these issues today we're going to break down um, or hit as quickly as we can um, talking about issues such as Roe v. Wade and the overturning of Roe v. Wade and abortion rights and where should the church be on that and the second amendment and gun violence and issues of racial injustice and equality including Black Lives Matter and police brutality issues and yes we're even going to touch on climate change many people say that black folks don't care about climate change that we have other issues to deal with such as just surviving every day so thinking about the climate 
it's not necessarily top on our list, but we see more and more um, the black community embracing issues of climate change and environmental justice. We've even had a show on it. And so helping us with that part of the discussion today um, and the inflation, the new um, pa newly passed Federal Inflation Reduction Act, mm. um, which President Biden signed into law this week, it's called the Inflation Reduction Act, but it in large part focuses on issues related to the climate and right. creating jobs and creating a new economy around issues of climate change and environmental justice and helping us with that part of the discussion. Um, Congresswoman Maxine Waters is going to take a few minutes from her schedule to call in wow. and to join us in that discussion. So as you can see, we have a power packed discussion planned for you today with power packed leaders. This is not a show you want to miss. So definitely Grab your coffee, grab your tea, grab a friend, grab a family member, grab a neighbor, download that app, take us with you wherever you go. KBLA Talk 1580. As we come forward, we have a lot, a lot to talk about in breaking down issues of separation of church and state and where the black church is and should be on issues of social justice today. Stay tuned as we come forward. More of Legal Lens with Angela Reddick Bright. Helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. Tuned in to KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela Redoff Wright. And you're listening to the song, What Is This? by Walter Hawkins and the Hawkins family. One of the things we like to do is ask our guests if they have a favorite song or set of songs. And so, Pastor Haynes, I'm not sure if you know, but your amazing assistant sent us over a list of gospel songs that you absolutely love. So since we have two pastors on the show today, we did want to use our, dedicate our songs to gospel and Give praise to God this morning in our song selections. And so that's what is this? One of your favorites, right, Pastor Definitely, Ames? definitely. And, and I'm glad that you were specific because I almost sent church girl. Uh, <laughs> I had to back off. Yes, we wanted to be absolutely clear in our in what that's we were seeking in songs. So uh, you'll see that uh, Pastor Haynes, although not very old, is still a young, young adult, has an old soul in his music selection. Yeah. So I love the songs that you picked and, and we'll hear them throughout the show today. So we are talking about um, the separation of church and state and the role of the black church. Um, in social justice, legal, and policy issues of the day. In helping us with that discussion, we have Pastor Frederick Freddie, also known as Freddie Douglas Haynes III, and Pastor Welton Pleasant II. Let me give you a little insight about both of them, and we'll jump into our discussion. Um, pastor Haynes is a prophetic pastor, passionate leader, social activist, eloquent orator, and educator engaged in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and fighting against racial injustice. He has made it his life's work to fight against racial and other forms of social injustice. For the past 39 years, he has served as the visionary and innovative senior pastor of Friendship West Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, and under his servant leadership, the ministry and the membership of the church has grown from less than 100 members in 1983 
to over 13,000 members. Congratulations, Pastor Haynes. I know the praise doesn't go to you, right? The praise goes to God. Definitely. But congrats on your leadership um, of Friendship West. And you're, you're going to tell us a little bit more about the church in just a moment. But we'll see that not just for you personally, but weaved into the DNA of the church is a commitment to issues of social justice. So I applaud you for what you're doing there. Thank you. And then, um, and by the way, Dr. Freddie Haynes, who is a doctorate, he does have his doctorate, his dissertation was entitled To Turn the World Upside Down, Church Growth in a Church Committed to Social Justice. Social justice. So even in his doctorate work, right. and he's working on another doctorate right now, you'll see that, again, issues of social justice are uh, intrinsic to who he is as a pastor and a leader. And the same with my dear friend, Pastor Welton Pleasant II, who is the um, pastor of Christ Second Baptist Church of Long Beach, the oldest African-American church in Long Beach, California, since 2009. And under his leadership, the church has uh, experienced exponential growth and has also demonstrated a, com a commitment to Christian ministry and also social justice through its ministry and he's going to talk about his men's conferences and other ways in which his church engages um, with the community as I mentioned earlier he's also the pastor of California uh, president of the California State Baptist Convention of Los Angeles and is engaged in so many other community initiatives and recently elected to the board of the United Negro College Fund so congratulations awesome. and welcome again so pastors let's uh, jump into our discussion let's start with you pastor Haynes, um, give us a little insight into your background, but specifically sort of how social justice um, and weaving that into your church and how your church operates became such a critical part of your mission and who you are. Well, thank you so much. Uh, first, when I think about my name, Frederick Douglass uh, Haynes III, I'm named after my father and my grandfather. My grandfather named himself uh, because he was orphaned and he pastored Third Baptist Church in San Francisco for almost 40 years. And he was the first African-American to run for county supervisor in San Francisco. And while he was running, uh, one of the, this is in the 40s, and so we know what the racial situation was like then. And so one of the persons in the community with neck issues, they were real red uh, in their neck and they came for my grandfather through one of the deacons of Third Baptist and said, you know, uh, your pastor should know that the job description of a pastor is a shepherd. Shepherds feed the flock. The deacon clapped back. Our pastor feeds the flock and fights the wolves. And so that for me has become a part of my sense of social justice job description as it relates to what it means to be a pastor. Yes, we have to feed the sheep. We do that on Sundays. We feed the flock on Wednesdays in Bible study. But if we're not careful, we will feed the flock and fatten them up for a wolfish system that is designed what? To take us out, to mess us up. And when you read scripture, not from the top down, but from the bottom up, you'll discover that Jesus, the good shepherd, he was not only what? Feeding the flock. He was fighting the wolves. And the wolves, of course, had to do with the Roman system of oppression and occupation and those who got in bed 
bed with Rome uh, in the religious hierarchy. And so they did not know how to separate church and state. And so Jesus came to break that up so that you don't wrap, watch, watch this, the flag around the cross, but you keep the flag and the cross separate so the cross can show the flag how it should wave. And so for me, that has become uh, a sense of a real sense of my understanding of ministry, especially pastoral ministry. Uh, you don't divorce Jesus from justice and you do not wrap the flag around the cross. Wow. Um, so those of us, I don't know if we even have to go to church tomorrow now, do we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay, we still have yeah, to go to church. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah we do. I feel like we just got our sermon right here on Saturday morning, but that's just a prelude to Sunday morning church. Exactly. <laughs> so Tomorrow morning, 945, Dr. Haynes will be preaching. <laughs> right, that's the prelude, folks. So, uh, Pastor Haynes, um, in preparing for today, we were talking about different, you know, areas that we would discuss. And, and I told him, I said, hey, you know, you have free reign to really kind of break things down in a way you see fit. He's like, oh, that's not going to be a problem. Once I get wound up, I'm ready to go. So I can see that. Thank you, Pastor Haynes, for those introductory remarks. And and before we bring uh, Pastor Pleasant in, tell us, give us a little overview of friendship. Baptist Church West and kind of where it fits in this um, ecosystem of social yeah. justice. What kind of programs, what kind of work do you all do being on the front lines there in Dallas, Texas? Well, I mean, our sense is that what Henry Mitchell says in his book, Black Church Beginnings, when the black church was born, the black church was born, every pastor used her or his platform to push against slavery, enslavement. As a matter of fact, his phraseology is every black pastor transformed their pulpit into a platform for abolition. That meant what was going on in church had everything to do with abolishing systems outside of church that would, what, dehumanize, that would oppress those who were attending that church. So the black church was born doing that. Uh, Raphael Warnock says the black church was born fighting for freedom. So given that, that for me designs Friendship West. Friendship West, when it comes to our ministry, we have a full-time pastor of social justice, and we take very seriously investing in the work of justice in the community, and I'm just blessed because I have a church that has basically said, okay, we're down for the cause. Let's continue to unite in holy wedlock, Jesus and justice, and out of that, we birth ministries that make a difference in the community, and so we don't even understand uh, Christianity without a sense of how we impact, how we uh, inspire, how we transform uh, the community where we are. And as you know, I'm in Texas. I add the S on, on purpose uh, because we have a devil for a governor. And the devilish governor is doing everything in his power to what? Uh, dehumanize, to oppress uh, to engage in this uh, gaslighting as it relates to uh, not only uh, education, uh, but when you think of uh, the cold term around wokeness, uh, the whole thing around CRT, all of that is now up for grabs. And so for me, the black church, if it's true to the history I started it with at the beginning, the black church must do something about education. And so that is why our thing now, the big plan we have moving forward is to present Saturday schools 
so that we can educate our children and adults about our real history because critical race theory is what we live every single day. Let's be real. And I'm talking to an attorney, please forgive me. Uh, but on top of that, uh, when you look at the uh, economic exploitation going on, uh, we've been on the front lines fighting payday and car title loan stores. Later on, we're going to talk about uh, the whole thing around environmental uh, well, climate change. Well, for me, the black community has to be down with fighting climate change because we're on the front lines. We get hit first by climate change. Uh, we saw in Dallas, for example, they literally situated next to a member of our church this what became known as Shingle Mountain, which is literally a mountain size uh, construction, as it were, of, of, of shingles from rooftops uh, on the north side of town where the rich white folk live, and then on the south side of town, they erect, you know, some three tons, ten stories, mm -hmm. the highest facility on the south side of town, right next to door to a member of my church. Mm -hmm. And so we fought that. We organized, we mobilized, and we got rid of, rid of Shingle Mountain there mm -hmm. in Dallas. And so we have to be on the front lines in the fight for this. So, so we fight economic exploitation. We fight educational. We fight miseducation that goes on. We fight political oppression through both gerrymandering and voter suppression. We're fighting all of that, but while we fight, we also build. So we're fighting and we're building. And so uh, there's a whole lot that we do, and I can go on and on, but I need us to hear from my president, uh, the amazing Dr. Welton. Indeed, indeed. And what I want you to start thinking about is kind of where, if you all have been challenged in terms of if you are over, accused of being over-involved in of terms course. of violating this yeah. concept of separation of church and state. So keep that in mind. Okay. Pastor Pleasant, yes. so you too are on the front lines personally. We see you flying to New York and other places as a part of the National Ac Action Network and other things that you're involved in. And your church too is deeply engaged in Long Beach and, and the surrounding communities. So give us a little insights about your background and how these issues came to be important to you and at the four I looked at your church's mission and vision and one of the tenants is to be engaged and influential in the community so tell us a little more about that I guess my uh, genesis in terms of social justice transpired as a young person uh, in elementary school I was birthed in a family that taught a lot about black history I had a cousin uh Reverend Charles Randall, who passed away now, uh, who's a black history teacher. Uh, and during our family get-togethers, it was always a conversation about politics or uh, black history. And so coming up uh, with that background kind of fed into that. And then I was bused in uh, second grade out to Bel Air to Kennedy Kane Elementary School. Mm. Uh, I was the first generation of blacks to go into that school or to integrate that school. Uh, and Roots came out at that time. And so we that did was a show on um, Roots and Alex Haley right. a few shows ago and his um, niece and nephew. And so that was my first really encounter of understanding slavery and racism uh, and it changed my whole perspective um, to start uh, getting into church, reading books uh, by Dr. King, um, James Cone, uh, and this even before I was preaching, I became infatuated with these authors. Uh, so when I got called to preach, I started out as an accounting major, uh, but I switched my major into political science. So I mm. ended up majoring in political science. There was a uh, 
po political science professor named Ernestine Robinson um, uh, at my college. Uh, at Southwest College? At Southwest I College. I know Ernestine. Yeah. She's wonderful. She inspired me so much. Um, uh, and as a result, uh, that was kind of my genesis and my history of that. And then uh, when we look at what was happening in our world, uh, I cannot see how I could be a preacher and not speak to those issues right, right. at some level. But how did you so, get your church to embrace it? Well, I mean, because I pastored two churches, uh, one in L.A. and one in one in um, Long Beach. Um, and so I've been at the one in Long Beach in 12 years. And it's really been challenging in the sense that uh, you got to change the DNA of churches. Right. Uh, and sometimes churches are not necessarily against uh, social justice. They're just not involved in it. Uh, so that's been some a challenge. And so I've learned uh, in my first church that before you uh, do anything, you have to teach it. Right. And so I've been spending a lot of time teaching it. Um, I'm pretty well known for our men's conference that we have, and I have an emphasis on uh, justice in that men's conference as well. Dr. Haynes has been my speaker since I've been head the conference. And so that's kind of my evolution in terms of politics and social justice. I got connected with uh, Eugene Williams, Los Angeles Metropolitan Churches, mm -hmm. um, several years ago, um, who helped me understand public policy uh, and the, the and the role of the black church have always been three things, advocate, litigate, and legislate. Advocate, litigate, and legislate. legislate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we have been very good about, uh, with the, been advocates, um, but nothing that should change without legislation and litigation. Uh, and so that's my emphasis now, changing public policy. Uh, and that is an excellent place, place to pause for our first commercial um, set of commercials. We're going to come forward and continue our conversations with Pastors Haynes and Pleasant as we talk about separation of church and state and the role of the black church in our current issues of the day. Stay tuned as we come forward. You're listening to the all-new Weekend Lineup of enlightening, encouraging, and empowering talk shows. Exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Thank you for staying with us. This is KBLA Talk 1580, Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright Show. And that is Everybody Ought to Know Who Jesus Is by the University of Alabama Gospel Choir. And today we're playing some of our favorite, some of our guests' favorite songs, Pastor Freddie Haynes in particular, and coupled with the Hawkins singers and the Hawkins family, that's one of his favorite songs. We are talking about the separation of church and state and the role of the black church in social justice, legal and policy issues today with Pastor Freddie Haynes of Dallas, Texas, and Pastor Welton Pleasant of Long Beach, California. Um, they gave us a great setup in our prior segment in terms of how they personally became involved and committed to issues of social justice and how they have led their church their churches, their respected churches to be committed to these same issues and to be on the front lines as churches. Um, I want to take us to kind of the, you know, hardcore legal aspect of this. In our United, United States Constitution, there is this principle of separation of church and state, meaning right. that um, the church should operate as the church, so to speak, focused purely on spiritual and religious issues, um, but not crossing over into politics and other issues above and beyond the church. And most, most churches are 501c3s, meaning they're considered nonprofit organizations under the tax laws. And if 
they cross over outside of that nonprofit purpose, there is a possibility uh, that their nonprofit or their 501c status, 501c3 status could be stripped from them. Uh-huh. And we know historically um, that the that fine line of the church being engaged above and beyond in community issues has been used as a weapon to try to challenge the black church in particular. So let's talk about and let's start with you, Pastor Haynes. How has what's, what are your personal views on separation of church and state? Um, you know, are we getting the benefit of being nonprofits, but arguably crossing over, a, you know, past our nonprofit status? And has that been used as a, a weapon against your church? How do you balance that, that fine line? And thank you for that question. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, separation of church and state says that this is a democracy and not a theocracy. Uh, the danger. What do you mean by theocracy? A theocracy mm-hmm. uh, basically says that uh, my theology shapes what the 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 constitution my theology defines uh the the nation as it were and so you have right now a movement going on uh we heard the other day uh marjorie taylor green talk about being a christian nationalist which is dangerous marjorie taylor green is a, a trumpist uh to put it nicely uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been sanctioned by Congress because of her, uh, I don't want to say radical, because radical is a positive term as far as I'm concerned, uh, but her approach to politics, which is, again, white nationalist. Uh, but she dares to put Christian in the middle of it. And again, she is very much a part of Trumpism and a very dangerous person. And so uh, a week ago, you know, she or two weeks ago, she talked about being a Christian nationalist. And as far as I'm concerned, the modifying uh, adjective there is white Christian nationalist because there is a big difference. And white Christian nationalists are doing everything in their power to shape Uh, what the nation looks like as opposed to advocate and influence. It's a very fine line because the black church has always advocated uh, for a moral understanding of what it means to be a citizen in the United States of America. We've tried to be prophetic witnesses speaking truth to power on behalf of the powerless in this country. That's our understanding of what the Bible, it's our understanding of theology, and a democracy is about the people. A theocracy is dangerous because that theocracy says that, okay, our understanding of God is going to shape what the nation looks like. That's frightening, especially in a nation where Christianity was abused was no I should say misused in order to abuse certain segments of the population so you had you had what slave ships named after Jesus that's theocracy that's dangerous you basically if we're honest Jim and Jane Crow segregation was modeled after what was going on in white churches 
And that's a dangerous thing. And so if you have a theocracy in a country that basically whiteness has informed what it means to be a Christian, that becomes something that we should be very much afraid of. And so I'm down with separate the separation of church and state, but I'm also down with the black church's understanding of that. And the black churches said, we're going to advocate. We're going to uh, prophetically speak truth to power on behalf of those who are powerless and have a moral understanding of what it means to what? Issue policy, shape structures, design systems in this country. And so for me, uh, I think we've got to maintain that separation, but it does not mean, to quote Dr. King, that we are not going to be the headlights of society and not just the taillights of society. We're going to be the thermostats and not the thermometers. I love it. I love it. You are educating us today. Pastor Pleasant, how do you all at your church walk that fine line of separation of church and state? It's it's interesting because when you look at the, the separation of church and state from a constitutional perspective uh, you got to keep in mind we were not really included in that Come on, Doc. and so it was a tool of oppression I think uh, that was in there to protect their status quo the only time the issue of church and, and state becomes an issue is when the black church is challenging the structures and the political powers and speaking truth to power again uh, what Dr. Haynes is Dr. Jeffries in Dallas, Texas he invites Trump to the pulpit it's a political speech. He's never questioned about his separation of church and state. It only questioned us when we're speaking truth to power. And so it's hypocritical in a lot of ways. And I don't think the black church, we have a different understanding and a different hermeneutic as it relates to what the Constitution says about church and state. Because we've always been about influencing the policy and changing the well-being for people in our society, particularly black people. Excellent, excellent framing of that issue. Let's do what I want to call like a lightning round. Let's mm-hmm. hit some critical social justice issues and get your thoughts on where the church is, where your churches are, and, and what and your thoughts about where we should be. So there's this concept of freedom of religion in the United States Constitution as well. And we saw this past week or so, maybe a couple of weeks ago, that the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that a high school football coach who is a Christian um, could pray on the football field. Um, and many would argue that is a, a victory for Christians. Uh, many, um, you know, are upset that prayer is no longer allowed in the schools or prayers aren't always allowed in public settings, government settings, etc. So do you all see that, Pastor Haynes, as a victory for Christians in, in the context of freedom of religion? Not at all. I think it's a, it's a victory for white Christian nationalism, uh, because let's be real, if it was someone practicing the Islamic faith who had said, I want to lead my team in a prayer at midfield, you know, before the game, halftime or post game, this country would be in an uproar. So in terms of freedom of religion, it's a violation of that. This coach, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you can pray if you want to, but to make a big to make a policy of it, I think is is very dangerous. Uh, and then the whole thing about you know I used to always hear even in our community, uh, things started getting bad when we took prayer out of schools. 
How do you take prayer out of schools? I prayed every day that I had a test in school. Uh, I know students in my uh, church right now who would tell me before they go uh, to take uh, whatever test they're going to take. I'm praying. You cannot legislate prayer out of school because prayer is a private thing. And let's be real. Jesus said this. Jesus said, you scribes and Pharisees, y'all stand on the corners and pray your prayers. Woe unto you. Prayer is something that you do in your private closet. And so this coach wanting to make a big public spectacle of it, it contradicts Jesus. And so all of a sudden, we got to start distinguishing between white Jesus, who was created in the image and likeness of whiteness, and the right Jesus. And the right Jesus of the gospel says, don't be trying to get up in on your football field and pray. You take your prayer into your personal closet, because when you do it as a public spectacle, you're trying to show off your piety, and that means your piety is rooted in hypocrisy. So, no, I, I ain't down with that. A great place for a pause. Freedom of religion. And Pastor Haynes has given us some interesting thoughts on that. So stay tuned with us as we come forward. We'll continue this discussion about separation of church and state. And we're going to continue our lightning round and hit some other critical social justice issues. Thank you for tuning in. More of Legal Lens with Angela reddick Wright, Helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. Thank you for tuning in to KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela, and we are talking separation of church and state with pastors Freddie Hayne and Pat Haynes and Pastor Welton Pleasant. And that was I Am God, Donald Lawrence, one of Pastor Haynes' favorite songs. Hallelujah. So we're in the middle of our lightning round. Pastor Haynes just gave us his thoughts on freedom of religion and the recent Supreme Court decision involving a coach who wanted to pray during football games. And I'm going to bring in Pastor Pleasant. Uh, Pastor Pleasant, Black Lives Matter and issues of race and racial injustice and police brutality and excessive force have been at the forefront for many, many years, but especially these last two and a half years after the death of George Floyd. Where where do you stand on that issue and the role of the church on those issues? Well, uh, first of all, I think we need to put some context to this. Number one, uh, I'll never forget the night that Barack Obama was reelected to a second term as president. I was just so overlated to see how well he was doing, so I tuned into Fox News just to make fun of him. Mm. Uh, and Bill O'Reilly made this comment that I'll never forget. He said, the re-election of Barack Obama is the beginning of the end of the white male power structure in America. Mm. Many people missed what he was really saying. And so the backlash that we're seeing in the rise of Trumpism in this country is to protect the white male power structure, which puts us at the forefront of racial injustice. When we see the voter suppression laws that are being passed, uh, that is to keep them in power and to keep us oppressed. And so the church, the black church, have to wake up and smell the coffee and be woke uh, because we don't understand that they are reversing many of the civil rights trends and gains that we achieved during that era. Uh, I think this is about the this is the end of the fourth reconstruction in America. We talk about the first one, but there's been several reconstructions that have occurred in America, and we're at the fourth one now. And as a result, we see 
backlash of these laws. And so the church can't be silent. We have to be at the forefront of speaking truth to power. The black church is still the only institution that is totally owned by black people and not controlled by someone else. So if we don't use our voice to advocate, litigate, and legislate, who will? Uh, excellent, excellent. You, um, in your comments, you mentioned the term woke. And I happen to know that Dr. Uh, Dr. Haynes is working on his second Ph.D. in a doctorate focused specifically on this concept of being woke. Tell us what you're working on and where woke fits into your work. Thank you so much. Well, I think we all know that uh, there is a war on wokeness going on in this country. In Florida, you have Governor DeSantis, DeSantis I'm sorry, and he has come up with this anti-woke legislation that has become law. Uh, woke is just a bad term. In this area, you have a preacher, John MacArthur, who is anti-woke. And wokeness began uh, with the understanding. Lead Belly, uh, the great blues singer, during the time of the Scottsboro Boys, he said, I'm going to stay woke uh, until this thing gets right. And it's gone on and on and on. And so woke is a good term. I'm doing my dissertation on woke preaching, uh, which marries social justice prophetic witness to Afrocentrism. So we better stay woke. Yes, yes. Well, uh, we are going to continue our lightning round in just a second. We're going to, I think we'll do um, Roe v. Wade and where the church should be on issues of abortion and reproductive rights. You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. Stay tuned as we come forward. We're talking separation of church and state. More of KBLA Talk 1580's all-new weekend lineup when we come forward. And that is Aretha Franklin, How I Got Over, another favorite song of Pastor Freddie Haynes, our guest today, along with Pastor Welton Pleasant. We've been talking separation of church and state and the role of the church in social justice, legal and policy issues. They have given us some great nuggets and we want to land end on our final lightning round on this controversial issue of reproductive rights, the recent overturning by the U.S. Supreme Court of Roe v. Wade. Wade, Pastor Haynes, give us 30 seconds on, on your thoughts. On that. What would Jesus have to say about a woman having being forced to carry a child all the way to birth when Jesus is about life and that child perhaps has died in the womb? That's going on right now because of what the Supreme Court has done. Where are pro-life people as it relates to bl the mortality rate of black women in childbirth, which has been equated to some third world countries? You ain't pro-life. If you're not mounting a movement to address what black women are dealing with in this time. And as far as I'm concerned, the the abolishing of, of Roe v. Wade is a dangerous thing and it's not pro-life. It's pro-death. And Pastor Haynes, on that thought, how can our listeners stay in touch with you and follow the work you're doing? Hey, follow me on social media at FH Unscripted, both my Twitter and uh, Instagram handles. I'm also on Facebook, Frederick D. Haynes, and my YouTube channel is Frederick Haynes. And I'm pastor of Friendship West Baptist Church, and I'm honored to be with the great Dr. Welton Pleasant II at Christ Second Baptist Church tomorrow at 9.45 a.m. for Social Justice Sunday. Yes, and Pastor Pleasant, anything you want to add? How can we follow you and your church? I am Welton Pleasant again, uh, Christ Second Baptist Church in Long Beach. Uh, you can 
Google me on the web. Um, I'm on Facebook, social media, which I don't know my handle on social media in terms of Instagram, uh, but Facebook, uh, 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 Welton Pleasant, you can look me up there. I'm on YouTube, uh, BoxCast um, as well, so you can get that information uh, through social media there. Amen. Thank you all both for joining us today. And again, if you want to see this conversation continue, join Pastor Pleasant at his church tomorrow, Christ Second Baptist Church of Long Beach. Yes, address 1471. Martin Luther King Jr. Avenue, Long Beach, California. Amen, where Pastor Haynes will be the minister for the day. Uh, following, we've had a great show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Following me, we have Cassie Betts with Talk Tech to Me, an amazing new um, host at KBLA Talk 1580. And as we close out, I leave you with the words of Dr. Martin Luther King. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Thank you, pastors and your churches, for being on the front lines and for carrying out ministry in the way that you do we thank you for being here today and we're hoping we can get congresswoman maxine waters in soon so sorry she wasn't able to call in as planned you've been tuned in to kbla talk 1580 legal lens with angela redock Wright, and we'll see you next saturday and sunday when we talk about family law issues and trends in family law have a great weekend folks take time to relax and refresh kbla 1580 santa monica